the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And I'm Reed. Oh my god, it's Reed! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in! Yes. Howdy! <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell the f- lovely folks at home if for some reason they haven't heard you already on our Top 10 uh, DC Storylines episode, uh, where you're from? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, the host of the Doctor DC podcast. We record like way in the in the north. Where I'm I'm from I'm from the Yukon in Canada. I've been there. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to that? The I've been Yukon? to Canada or that I've been to the Yukon? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant you've been to the Yukon. I have been to the Yukon. Still wild, crazy. <laughs> Now, to be fair, uh, we were on a cruise to Alaska, and we basically just trained into the Yukon and then right. back out. So oh yeah, <laughs> I basically yeah, yeah. just stepped in. Yes, no, I, yeah, familiar, familiar with, <laughs> with that, uh, with that route, but like, <laughs> just from from Skagway there, right? Somewhere around there, yeah. yeah. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> we like it we matter. like. When when things aren't all COVID lockdown, we like driving down to Skagway and grabbing a bunch of American snacks from the grocery store there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, Reed, we are here because you requested the Google Dolls. I did. I did. What is it about the Google Dolls, or in particular this album, that are you n- so nostalgic for? Uh, this album is one of the very first that I bought with my own money. I would have been in grade five or six or something like that around when this came out, if I'm not mistaken, or at least around when I got it. And um, I bought I bought this album and Mad Season by Matchbox 20 and <laughs> Californication. I bought those three albums at HMV all at the same time. I was obsessed with this one. I I listened to it all the time, constantly, especially the deep tracks and the weird like ones where they were almost trying to play punk a little. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah, I loved this album. And then I have this very vivid memory of telling friends that I really liked this album and just getting thoroughly ridiculed for it. Like at the time <laughs> when I was like eleven or. Whatever, however old you are back then, yeah, yeah. No, it's just uh, I've I've always I don't know why I like my jock jams. I like my <laughs> I like my Yarl rock. I always like that kind of stuff. Goo Goo Dolls is mm-hmm. sort of like in that kind of bridging gap between mm-hmm. kind of grunge stuff and what rock and that Yarl kind of thing morphed into, right? Like somewhere in between. Uh, like Pearl Jam and like Default is <laughs> the Goo Goo Dolls, and I I don't know. I think maybe that's why it's in the sweet spot for me. Nice. I tell you, it's, oddly enough, as I was listening to this, I don't know why. I halfway through, I was like, God, you know who I haven't listened to in a long time? Soul Asylum, and it kind of <laughs> reminded me <laughs> of that same sort of sort of genre, like not quite grunge, not quite rock, sort of in the middle type stuff. Absolutely. Adam, what is what was your 
relationship with the Goo Goo Dolls? Uh, like most of the Americas, I would say, um, City of Angels, <laughs> the movie City of yeah. Angels, and that <laughs> fucking song over and over again, uh, which we'll get to, but that's pretty much it. I, I, I'm not a goo head. Um, I'm not sure if that's the name that they gave their fans, but I, in my head, it would be the goo heads. Um, but I mean, I don't dislike them. I just only know them from radio play. Largely the same for me. Uh, definitely hearing them on the radio. Um, seeing, you know, the uh, music videos on MTV and yeah, we'll talk about that one song that definitely at least was overplayed in the U S I don't know how it was in Canada. It it was up here too. Yeah. I also, (laughs) I also, (laughs) before I found this actual album, I bought the city of angels soundtrack (laughs) because I wanted the song. So let's go ahead and start talking about the album. Yeah. Uh, you made me feel old because you said you were like in fifth grade or something like this, and this album was released on September 22nd, 1998, which means I was starting my senior year of high school. Oh, boy. Sorry. <laughs> that year. <laughs> <laughs> I was released on Warner Brothers Records and was produced by the Goo Goo Dolls themselves, along with a man named Rob Cavallo, who has some pretty cool credentials. Uh, he's pretty much responsible for producing all of the most important Green Day albums. Oh, interesting. So Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod, American Idiot, those right there. Cool. Um, he also did the Goo Goo Dolls' previous one, A Boy Named Goo, which had uh, the song name on it, which probably put them initially on the map. Is Sympathy on that one, too? Uh, well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Now... Now, now I'm now my goo head thing is coming up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> such a goo head read. Uh, and uh, the last one I'll mention was, which was not one that uh, I was familiar with, and for some reason didn't really hear of until recently when it somehow became popular again. Uh, was My Chemical Romance's "The Black Parade"? Oh yeah, great album. Huge album. Apparently was. I was not aware of how big it actually was until probably the last couple years. When everyone keeps talking about, oh, remember when we were in middle school listening to My Chemical Romance? I'm like, My Chemical (laughs) Romance? Aren't they like just a few years old? Not realizing how old they actually are. (laughs) Because time means nothing once you hit like 25. That is true. That is absolutely true. So some uh, some good uh, credentials for for the producer there. The personnel... Uh, for the Goo Goo Dolls is Johnny Resnick on lead, lead guitar and, well, guitar, essentially, uh, and lead vocals. Uh, Robbie Takak, or Takak, I'm actually sure how to pronounce it, uh, on bass, and did some lead vocals on several tracks mm-hmm. in this one. Unfortunately. Uh, and- <laughs> uh, and then Mike Malinin on drums. Uh, they had a couple of other session players on a few things. A guy named Jamie Muhuberick played piano, and a guy named Tim Pierce played mandolin and guitar on the song Iris. And I looked him up, and Tim Pierce's discography uh, was just enormous. So he's definitely a, a, a well-used session player because he, he just had a, an enormous number of credits. So Nice. And largely, so that was it for personnel. Adam, I know you always like to have some uh, nice little facts for us. Yeah, just a couple things on this one. Um, uh, it was, I think you already mentioned this was the album that really kind of propelled Google Dolls to success. Um, it was definitely their most successful album to date, selling over 4 million copies as well. Oh. Um, and in the charts, the album hit uh, 15 on the Billboard uh 
200 album charts. And in the year-end chart, it was uh, 162. And so, not bad. But yeah. uh, overall, pretty, yeah, pretty decent um, stuff. And, and honestly, we'll see a, a, quite a bit of uh, singles in this one. Five different singles. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more than I remembered. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, if, unless anyone has anything else uh, they want to say, I'm ready to kind of dive into the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. I'm so glad you guys agreed to this. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see by the end of it if we are yeah, excited for the fact that we agreed to this. Yeah, I won't be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> you stick to comics. Stay in your lane, Reed. <laughs> Adam, we don't even have a lane. Yeah, I know. We don't have no lane. <laughs> we just have the highway. We're swerving back and forth on it. Wait, for swerving, John, would you maybe get something wrong with your head, maybe? (gasps) Giving you a segue? (gasps) You mean, would it make me dizzy? Yes, So I got to say, when I first looked at the singles list and I saw this was on it, I was like, I don't recognize this song at all. I'm, I'm not going to remember this. And it started, sure enough, they start. it starts playing. I'm like, no, I don't remember this. And then it got to the chorus and I go, I totally remember this song now. Yeah. I don't know why I only remember the chorus, probably because it is the best part of the song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm not really sure what uh, Johnny Resnick was trying to do with his his verses there. I don't particularly like it. Um, much as we talked about staying in our lane, I think he should have stayed in his lane. Well, he wasn't singing those verses. Oh, wasn't? I'm, it was the other dude. Tachic. No. Wasn't it no. Tachic? No, that's, no, that's no, Johnny. No. Okay. That was, well, he sounded yeah. really weird then. He sounded un-Johnny. Yeah. Well, it's and in the I course, think, he's... Yeah. yeah, I think he's doing like the kind of like talk singing thing. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. The verses aren't as strong as the chorus. This feels like a song where they were like, we've got a great hook. And then they were like, oh, shit, it's four o'clock. We have to finish the album. And then they were like, <laughs> yeah, looking it up, uh, Takeak only sings on the songs that he wrote. Okay, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so. But it sounded so different. That's why I was like, oh, it, it must be someone else. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think but. the lyrics are just kind of like, you know, when you get in those like, those artists that just throw words together. And if the song is a banger, then you kind of let it pass. Like the chili peppers mm-hmm. are sort of famous for that. <laughs> and then if the song isn't fully a banger, then you go, what are you saying? And I think I, that's how, kind of how I feel about this song. I like listening to this song, mostly to mm-hmm. get to the chorus. But if you really pay attention to like those lyrics of the verse, it, it's not, it's not really anything. I got to say that was actually pretty uh, ubiquitous in the nineties. Cause if you go back, I mean, for God's sakes, go back and listen to smells like teen spirit. Nothing about sure. that song fucking makes sense. Lyrically. No. If you read it on paper, you'd be like, what fucking middle school uh, kid yeah. wrote this you <laughs> yeah. know, poetry. Yeah. Yeah. But that, the song is, is forever loved. And it's because it is a great song. It hit one Oh eight on the billboard pop charts. 
uh, number nine on the modern rock charts. And uh, yeah, with the, with y'all when I was listening to it, I was like, what the fuck is this at the beginning? And then and then it got to, oh yeah, okay, I remember that. Then it kind of got that goo sound. Um, you know, it didn't start <laughs> off with the goo sound, and then it got to the goo sound, and then I was like, okay, this is this is decent. Um, and I do kind of remember it. Uh, I watched the music video as well, which featured uh, Shannon Sassamon. Sassamon? Yeah. Um, she was actually most remembered um, as the main, I think, princess or whatever from A Knight's Tale, the Heath Ledger movie. Oh. That actress. Uh, she was also in 40 Days and 40 Nights, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, a bunch of other stuff, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, mm. But yeah. I never actually saw A Knight's Tale. Oh, it's good. It's good shit, John. Isn't that the one where like they're singing Nirvana? In middle medieval times, yeah. Or well, like they're, that. they're doing the Queen, the the We Will Rock You, the stomping. I mean, it's, just, yeah, it's, yeah. Got, it's got Alan Tiddick in it, man. I'll watch anything that guy is in. Yeah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> maybe. Isn't it? Isn't know. it him or is it? Yes, yeah, is it it's, him and Steve's it's, on? It's Heath. It's Heath Ledger and uh, Paul Bettany is in it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Steve's on. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I had that confused with Alan Tiddick, but. Oh right, well, now I'm definitely not watching it. <laughs> you don't like Steve's on? <laughs> He's okay. Okay. You know, I don't go out of my way to to watch his stuff. I, oh, it is know, I'm most pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I'm right. I win. So, you, so okay. you're you're saying you wouldn't love it if the next time I come on, I pitch a Steve Zahn episode? <laughs> all, all Zahn. I, I didn't say that. I, I'll watch it. <laughs> I was right. It's not Steve Zahn. It is. It is. There is. It is Alan Tiddick. I was right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Night's Tale. I think we're, we're right. Doing... I think we're. <laughs> Reed, well, if you had to do a, a, a TV show with a Night's Tale, what would you do? <laughs> Very curious. This is important. If I had to do a TV show with yeah, a Night's like Tale? Yeah, like our other style. We do a movie, a TV show, and then a recasting, and we'll recast a Night's Tale. This oh, is happening, God. John. I'm making this happen. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one to touch because it's a Heath Ledger one. That always feels a little... You know, you go that's back. What, that's like, what we ah. do. We are. We don't give any fucks on this podcast. We will. <laughs> we will recast whatever. We we we've recasted like uh, Tim Robbins in a couple things before, and those are also sure. or not Tim Robbins. Sorry, uh, <laughs> Robin Williams. I, I don't know why I mix those two up. <laughs> They're think, nothing alike. I think you got to put. Um, uh, I, who would the kids like? Uh, Harry Styles. Put Harry Styles in there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that would make sense. All right, we can move on, John. Sorry. All right. <laughs> That's all staying in, by the way. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's go to the next song, which is called Slide. Everything about this song screams goo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is like definitive the voice of the Goo Goo Dolls. Like, not just that it's Johnny Resnick, but like that's their sound. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Everything from the guitar lick at the beginning to uh, kind of just like the overall tone of the song, it is incredibly Goo Goo Dolls. And I still enjoyed going back and listening to it. This song is great, and it was a huge single. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 
I still, I think I prefer the chorus from Dizzy, like, just in terms of something, like, <laughs> if I'm driving or something like that, like, I think I'd rather yeah. listen almost to Dizzy than to Slide, even though Slide is, like, a better song, like, as a as a piece of art, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. more uh, start to finish, it's better quality than Dizzy is, but I don't know, there's something, maybe it's just because it was overplayed or something. Slide is one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, 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 I know this one. <laughs> Yeah, it's so memorable. It's, I mean, this song, very catchy. Uh, yeah. Hit number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, um, and it reached number one on the uh, U.S. Adult Top 40 chart, uh, the Modern Rock charts, and the Mainstream Top 40. So, so number one on a lot of other stuff, but number eight on the their main pop chart. Um, I wrote, I, I did watch the music video for this one, and I wrote, Johnny Resnick wears way too much makeup every fucking time. Like, you see him, and he's, like, caked in it. You know, it looks, it, it's, yeah. it, I don't like it. <laughs> Well, it was the '90s. Yeah, I mean, he had—he definitely had like the eyeliner on. You were talking about My Chemical Romance earlier, and I was just like, "Yeah, this was this was the start of those, you know, get to emo eyeliner everywhere kind of thing." I sometimes yeah. feel like the Goo Dolls are one of those bands where <coughs> their sound kind of fit with their era, but their look, especially Johnny Resnick always felt like he was trying to go back to like Bon Jovi like yes like you know Johnny Resnick would wear like tight leather pants and he had that like almost mullet for a bit like I feel like he like styled himself a bit more like that kind of classic 80s like pop rock sort of thing that's the vibe I always Mm -hmm. got off him anyway (laughs) So something I do remember about this song, uh, especially when it uh, came out, uh, the band doing an interview on MTV, and I definitely remember this at the time. So in the song, uh, Johnny Rez, uh, references this woman named May. Yeah. And at the time, I remember he doing the interview, and the lady was like, so who's May? You know, thinking this has got to be somebody important. And he was like, literally like, it's just a name. <laughs> It, he's like, it's just the name I pulled out. And the last thing he said was, Billy Corgan is not the only one who can sound smart. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> weird, weird shots fired. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even sure that he actually shot, fired shots, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was, for some reason that always stuck with me that, that May has, is no, it's just, no, it's nobody. It's funny to me, like, I'm sure when he said it, he was like, I'm just going to show that like I can write a song and it doesn't have to come from anywhere. And he thought that's a good mm-hmm. idea, but it's always weird to like pull the curtain back and show people that there's nothing there. <laughs> like I would have <laughs> like, just make it up. Just say that may was someone say that she was the one that got away or something. Do anything. Adam, you sounded like you were about to say something. Oh, was, yeah, yeah. Well, so um, I saw, I read that uh, Resnick explained that the song refers to a teenage girl in a strict Catholic environment who became pregnant. Uh, she and her boyfriend are debating it to the possibility of abortion or marriage, which way to go kind of like in, uh, in the line, um, you know, do you want to go, uh, do you want to get married or run away? Like what's the, well, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. So that's so, he, I mean, he, well, yeah. there's definitely a story there. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not saying, um, yeah. I mean, the, the name yeah. is made up, but the story. Yeah. Is he real. was just, he was just saying <laughs> may was just a name. He picked oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, out of a hat or whatever. Add that to the list of 90s songs about abortion whose title has nothing to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) What's another one off the top of your head? Brick by Bedfold's Five. Oh. (laughs) I had no idea that that was about abortion. Oh, God, yeah. Go back and listen to it now. That's a grim song. (laughs) 
That doesn't surprise me. Ben, uh, ben Folds 5 like to do some weird things. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the next song, which is called Broadway. You see you love to run home, but you know you ain't got one Cause you're living in a world that's your best forgotten around here So this is another one that I didn't remember by looking at it and then totally remembered it when it got to kind of the pre-chorus and chorus area. Yeah. It's kind of interesting starting this album off with, I mean, yeah, three singles that right away I'm like, okay, I I had hints of remembering all three of them. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously I bought this album and loved it a lot, but even for me, it's not necessarily one that I listen to a ton now, but like in the lead up to today, I've been going back and I was like, oh my God, I know... I know all of these. It was like, it, it's funny how like there's there's something about even the not great songs where it's like I just I know what that riff is or I know mm-hmm. like I know what that lyric leads into or something like that. Like there there are some kind of hooks in this album. I I might might be like as we're getting deeper into this is that the Goo Goo Dolls are like not great and not bad and it's it's, it's specifically about taste like do you like <laughs> this kind of jock jam stuff or not and that's it like i think that's the only scale you could judge them on uh broadway hit number 24 on the billboard hot 100 uh the song apparently refers to um a street on which many young adults uh hangouts were located in the previous uh, or back in the day in buffalo new york and then the young culture had kind of migrated to different parts leaving the old man's bars that kind of thing they were kind of just i guess you know how tastes change and whatnot um mm-hmm. yeah but a fun a good song yeah you're right and, and read you're 100 right that you know it's it's not amazing <laughs> you know yeah. it's not bad it's just goo and it's and that's a good <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just there if if we individually titled all of our episodes, I would call this one "It's Just Goo." It's yeah, just goo. yeah. Oh, uh, and, I see and, it also uh, named Goo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see this one also peaked at number seven on the Canadian RPM Top Singles charts. Ooh. Oh, there you go. The I do remember like, and number, better and number six on the Icelandic charts. Too. <laughs> it, I love I love finding out which random songs hit in other countries. I think that's hilarious to me. Because the thing with yeah. this album, too, is because the album got so big, they, I think for some countries, they retroactively went and put, like, name on as a bonus track. So in some countries, this yeah. album has name on it because they were like, oh, do you like this? Well, we had a really good song from the last <laughs> album. Uh, yeah, actually, I did see that, that that was the case in at least Japan, probably more. Yeah. That they put name in as a as a bonus track. Moving right along. And we're getting our first Robbie uh, Tickax song. That's right. Called January Friend.
So, a couple things I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, we get you're right, a little bit more of a punk feel. Yeah. You kind of mentioned that earlier with this one. Um, I didn't mind the song so much. Um, uh, Robbie definitely has a different voice. Yes. Yeah. Than Johnny. Um, I was what I was finding is interesting is is Robbie's singing on four songs in this album. At this point, they had to know that this album was going to be fairly big because a boy named Goo, while it wasn't this big, it did kind of people were starting to notice them. Right. And it is. You know, I mean, Johnny definitely has that really kind of radio-friendly pop sound in his voice. So it tells me a lot about the band's friendship and makeup that they were – well, it tells me one of two things. Either they really were close-knit and and Johnny was like, no, 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 we're a band. We're going to play everyone's songs. Or – Johnny couldn't come up with enough songs to fill the album, and so Robbie was like, I've got these four, and they're like, screw it, let's just put them on the album. I could see either or both of those being true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the, I guess, I don't know, romantic in me? I don't know, that's the worst, I don't know how to say it. I prefer to think that, as a band, they decided, you know what, anyone who brings a song, we're going to put it up for consideration into the album. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of. Um, I mean, it's certainly not an accident that uh, Robbie Tickhack does four songs and none of them are singles. <laughs> um, four songs on a thirteen-song album. He did a third of the album and none of them mm-hmm. are singles on an album with five singles. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like that's that's not an accident. And I think the biggest strike against probably isn't even that the the sort of tone of the songs is different it's that it's not the voice like johnny was just such like yeah. an emblematic voice of the band that if you're gonna put a single out you want to pr- like get the band up the charts you put someone that doesn't sound like him out there it's not gonna do anything for the band you know what i mean like from mm-hmm. a business perspective which is so right always sucks to talk about music that way but like if you're thinking like the like the label or whatever Mm-hmm. He, he his songs were never going to be the singles, so I agree right. that it's cool that they bothered to put they put them on the album at all because it's like people are like come for Johnny, stay for Robbie kind of thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Do yeah. you think that anything would have changed if it had been Johnny singing the songs? I I don't think he could have done a as good a job singing these songs as Robbie. Not that I think that Robbie's got a great voice, but I think it fits. Um, That's fair. But not not January friend, but I think there's a possibility that like Full Forever or one of the ones later on the album could have maybe been like a lesser single or something if Johnny sang it. Okay. Yeah, this I mean We've talked about these kind of songs, I feel like, before, but yeah, with like punk and whatnot, I mean, it's not, and, and Tekic's voice works fine for that, mm-hmm. um, but hearing the first songs and, you know, and their their pop culture influence and, and et cetera, and Resnick and how good he sounds, it, this was a departure, and it kind of took me away. I was like, what the, what the fuck is this? It's um, a little it, bit of a jarring change all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, the song's not bad, and he's not a bad singer, but he's just not as good and it just sounded so different. Yeah, it, it felt kind of mad to me, the song. But I didn't dislike it. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. John, you know what? This, this reminded me a lot of, like, the songs from 
like it needed to be on a Kevin Smith soundtrack from like the early like a <laughs> Clerks or Mallrats or something. Yeah, this yeah. this sound was exactly that. Yeah, that totally. I totally could have seen this on a on like on Clerks or something like that. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine that at a Goo Goo Dolls concert, there's just a very clear like third of the crowd that's there for <laughs> Robbie Takak. Like they're there, they're just sitting totally silently and still while Johnny is singing their big hits. <laughs> and then when Robbie goes up to the mic, they kind of punk out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do we know? Because uh, I haven't followed their career. Do we know if if Resnick ended up doing pretty much all the singing afterwards, and they kind of phased Tachik out, or um, is he still, or does he still have a third of the of their albums? I don't know. They actually just released an album last year, although I think it was a Christmas album. Okay, um, but I remember uh, because a, a they were Christmas. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't actually know. Um, I didn't look up the name. Uh, I, just, I just remember Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Stickiest part of the year. Oh. oh, oh. Uh, but they, they. I was surprised. Uh, my dad had on the uh, like the Today Show, and they were like, "The Goo Goo Dolls have a new Christmas album, and they're here to play." And I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> I was first. Of all, I was I was sh- uh, shocked that they had them on to play, and then it was for Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, odd. An elf named Goo. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't make names. Yeah, dizzy up the elf. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to the next song, which is called Black Balloon. Oh, I love this one. A thousand other boys could never reach you. How could I have been one? I saw the world spin beneath you. I really like the interesting intro to this song mm-hmm. with all the harmonics that they have going on excuse me in in the like in the guitars and stuff yeah so uh Resnick uses a, an alternate tuning in his guitar which he's actually known to do and we'll t- kind of talk again when we get to uh, iris um and this one he's using an open d flat fifth chord Ooh. which basically means that every note is either d flat or a flat right so open all the way, um, and it, it, he uses an, an even weirder one when he, I think I, I, if I'm thinking of it right on Iris, I know he did it on Name as well. Um, but it's, to me, that's also part of the Goo Goo Dolls sound. Yeah. Um, they do have they do have their kind of electric sound, but then they also have their acoustic sound, and their acoustic sound is a very sort of open sounding chords. Yeah, I think this is like this song is a good middle ground between two other things that sound a lot like the Goo Goo Dolls, which is, uh, I mean, Iris, obviously, and Slide. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, this is more on in the tone of Iris, a little more, like, introspective, a little less uh, bright and poppy, but it's got all of that, yeah, you're right, like, all that kind of acoustic, the... The weird like patterns and stuff that they put in the in the acoustic mm-hmm. pieces of their 
their songs. I really like yeah. Black Balloon. I remember this being a single, at least in Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh no, it was a single here too, and it was. Pre- I mean, it wasn't as big as Slide or Iris, but no. uh, I definitely remember it being played on the radio quite a bit. It hit yeah. number sixteen on the Billboard Hot 100. Hey, that's well, pretty go. good, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never had a song hit number sixteen on Billboard Top 100. I've never oh, had yeah. a song hit number. I haven't had a, ever hit a song hit like one thousand on the Billboard Top yeah. 100, which I don't even know if it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this one. Plus, it's plus he's actually he's doing his like raspy low singing, right? That's the mm-hmm. he's he's in his sweet spot on this uh, song. He's not doing maybe the problem with Dizzy is that he's trying to do like the acoustic raspy voice on a song that's too high energy, like because it kind of feels like it's the same sort of thing. But I mean, I can believe that because it definitely work. His voice works when he goes to the chorus and he goes, you know, up into his upper uh, upper and upper in register yeah yeah i think we were, were we're all of the opinion of if they could just redo the verses for for dizzy it would have been like mm-hmm. a great single yeah yep. agreed yeah i don't i don't is, i have a is it gonna be weird if every song we just end up comparing to dizzy because we keep <laughs> going back to that one well it's because I'm, I'm just i'm all i'm all turned around what song are we on i'm so dizzy <laughs> oh. I'm... Uh, all right well black balloon uh, according to Resnick, is based on a woman who is struggling with a heroin addiction and her lover uh, who is desperately trying to save her. Uh, he's also said that it's about seeing someone you love that is uh, so uh, great, but also just they screw up so bad. Um, speculation as to the exact subject matter of the song has also been attributed to the ex-wife of bassist Robbie Tackick, uh, who apparently overdosed on heroin. Okay, because so. this is, I was about to ask as you were talking about this, is this another one where Johnny would just be like, yeah, I made up a story about a heroin addict, <laughs> or if there was like an actual thing. This one actually, Par- yeah. this one might actually come from somewhere, which would also explain why maybe it's, it, it hits a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Got it. That's fair. Uh, all right. Let's move on to the next song called Bulletproof. I didn't mind this song. Yeah, it's definitely angstier um, mm-hmm. than some of the other stuff. Um, we had we had talked about that earlier because I I was a grump when I first got on our call. But uh, <laughs> this this is kind of that angsty fa- feel, and I like this one. Yeah, um, I mean it's not a single by any means when you compare yeah. it to those other ones. But this is a good one, solid. Yeah, it's this almost feels like uh, it's as close as you can get to. Johnny doing a song that sounds like a Robbie song. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. got it's not it's not full on doing what Robbie does, but it's a little closer on that end of the scale. Um yeah, I like it, but it, again, yeah, it's got that chorus where Johnny opens up, right? Like uh 
goes into like his actual nice singing voice and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, there's there's some good riffs and stuff. It's got a good little jam at the beginning there. Um, I think if I was at a concert and they played this, this would be one of those ones where I was like, I was not expecting them to play it, but I'm glad they did. Like I, yeah. I think I think you could you could rock out to that like live. I feel like this song probably also plays better live than it sounds on the album. That's a suspicion mm. of mine. That's fair. Uh, listening to it, I'm getting kind of shades of like maybe some Toad the Wet Sprocket influence or even right. a little bit of Gin Blossoms. Yeah, Gin Blossoms I could hear for sure. I can definitely hear in the beginning of the song. So, Because I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, this definitely sounds like kind of early 90s alternative rock. Yeah. They just need some tambourine and <laughs> they would be full Gin Blossoms. Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally agree. It's, uh, it's maybe like we're getting a little too late in the decade for that sound, but like that's where they yeah. come from. Right. So it's probably why that's yeah. spilling out. Yeah. All right, cool. We're all in agreement. It's a, it's a good enough song. <laughs> good enough. Listen, e- everyone was being like, yeah, this is an album. Yeah. This is something we're going to get to the end of this. You're going to have to go back and recognize that you love this album. This is good. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, so move on to our second, uh, Tic song. All one word. Am I gone? I actually found myself singing along with this song quite a bit. <laughs> I liked it better than the first um, Tekic song for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's fun. I think the thing that holds it back is maybe just his voice. I think this song is too fun for the way he sings it. Like, I think he's got... what I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. He's a little too, like... He's got too much of, like, a grimy kind of sound. And I think well, this, he's, would, he's I think this got... song would really do great with that, like, bright pop punk kind of mm. sound he definitely has a more nasal tone yeah to his voice than johnny does and it, it, it is it is quite different you can totally hear it you know what i i gotta say like i i wonder if it wouldn't if some of these songs wouldn't have been better if maybe the like the you know robbie took this into a side project like if this being yeah. a set where he led the band or you know, or you know, the band put out of the second album as a different band name, where Robbie was the leader. If they wanted to, yeah. I don't know if they would do that, but or um, and I know it's not as fun as performing it. Robbie wrote this song for a different band. Right, <laughs> like I. That's how I feel about this because I like. Am I gone? I like this song. I just wish it wasn't him singing it. I think that brings up a good question. Like, if you could, what band would you would you have cover this one? That I think would really do it well. Uh, I'll I'll throw a weird one out there. I I would love to hear like Taking Back Sunday or someone like that do this song. Okay, I'm not that actually, I'm not that familiar with them. Maybe that's Canadian. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. They're, I mean, they they they. <laughs> no, I've heard the name. We're big enough in here, yeah. Or frankly, that just wasn't ours. I'll I'll yeah. go full Canadian on it. If you want, 
to be Anne like, Murray. Take a look. Yeah, that's who I want. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Rankin family. Uh, <laughs> no, um, some forty-one, but like that. Okay, early, those early days, like like fat lip or makes no difference. Some forty-one doing like yeah. that energy on a song like this, I think, would be a lot of fun. I agree. I could totally yeah. see someone like that doing that. Um, I was trying to think of a band who I'd want to do it. You know. I don't know. I have not sure in the style. I for some reason I, I I still went back to I literally was looking up the uh Clerk soundtrack because I was like Jesus Christ, these they sound yeah. exactly <laughs> like maybe it's like Love Among Freaks or um uh one of the other bands that that was on that album but uh yeah, just in general, uh, Girls Against Boys, maybe get a lot like them, but I don't know if I had to have somebody else do this band. Um I don't know. Foo Fighters. They can rock hard. Uh, but it's not really a girl style. Like the way he sings, though, isn't doesn't fit with girl. You definitely need a singer with a, a slightly upper register. Yeah, Celine Dion. Maybe a little bit of a. Th- <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go. Let's let's. Hey, what if we what if we went back to uh, Canada land and a band that we talked about in love? What about uh, Our Lady Peace? Would they would they be able to do this one? Ooh, interesting. It'd be a totally different style. Uh, yeah, they would. They don't. They don't Maybe. rock like that. Like that. Like that no. speedy, punkier right. sound, though. No, but his, our, he can do the high our, register. Our really Lady well. Peace is a little too sad of a band, I think, for that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting, though. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next song, which is the only song where all the band members are credited for writing, and it's called oh. "All Eyes on Me." Actually, really enjoyed this song. I think that riff. I think that riff in the chorus is really compelling. Like, mm-hmm. does the all eyes on me, and then whatever that like that little guitar riff. If I don't know, I like it. It mm-hmm. feels good. This is one I can rock out to a bit. This it was definitely one where listening to it, I'm like, wait a minute, do I remember this one? Was it somehow single? And then I'm like, no, it just sounds like the other Goo Goo Dolls songs. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but. You know, Go ahead, oh, go ahead, John. I would say, but I, I mean, I had no problems listening to it all the way through. Yeah. See, remember when we were talking about Am I Gone just one song ago, and we we're like, oh, this is pretty good. Listening to this one makes you go, nope, fuck that other guy. Uh, Resnick is better. <laughs> yeah. Resnick songs are just better, and I, I enjoy them more because I was like, I was literally like listening to it. I was like, okay, Am I Gone? This is better than the last one. Okay, maybe he's growing on me because I like that punk style. And then mm-hmm. I go back to Resnick. I'm like, nah, fuck him. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think the yeah. I think the difference is just that the styles are too different to be yeah. on the same album. Yeah, yeah. And and the Resnick style was the one that they were like, this is what the Goo Goo Dolls sound like. So when you're listening mm-hmm. to a Goo Goo Dolls album, then all of a sudden you get Am I Gone or something. You're like, yeah, this is fine, but it's not why I'm here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it kind of like that jarring difference? Remember when Stone Sour first came out and their first song was really like slow and poppy? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and then you had a bunch of like soccer moms buying the album and then <laughs> listening to it and realizing, oh, yeah, this is not at all what the band sounds like. Yeah, totally. I like this one though. I mean, uh, I I know I know there's very like specific sort of uh, uh, specific reasons why all three band members might uh, are are credited as as writers on it, right? Like they, mm-hmm. in a way, you know, contributed more than they would have on the other songs. But um, I I like I know it wasn't a single, but I think this is one of my favorite songs on the on the album. Just generally, I like the sound. I can of it. totally see I that. I think lyrically, it's pretty solid. Uh, it's got a good sound. I don't know if that credit should specifically go to the third band <laughs> member, where it's like, man, you should be on the rest of these. Like, like... <laughs> well, we don't know what he contributed. It is. It's possible that maybe it was his guitar riff or yeah, something yeah. about it, or some of his lyrics or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a it. One thing for me that it's it's definitely Goo Doll style, but it definitely it's a little bit edgier. It's pushing a little bit more of the the distorted sound, which I which I enjoy because it's to me that still works. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, well, I guess let's move on to the next Take Act song. We'll see what uh, Adam has to say about this one, called "Full Forever." Yeah, Tickick just has his own sound. I mean, you guys do a lot of these album review episodes. Mm-hmm. Have you encountered very many bands that have this sort of like identity issue in terms of like band members' preferred styles of music? Like, obviously, not everyone's going to be a hundred percent on the same page all the time. And you see, when people have their solo careers, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But like. Just on an album, can you think of other bands that you've encountered that just have this like real strict dividing line? Not, um, not this many. Mm-hmm. Like maybe right. where you know one guy will sing one song or something like that, and it'll just be somewhere on the album, usually buried towards the end or something like that. Right. But not this many. And I mean, you to me, you can't count bands like the Eagles that have like multiple songwriters, and because right. even though there are distinct styles, they still all sound relatively like the eagles sure right uh but to this one yeah it's just it's such a kind of jarring difference that like they just they have such different sensibilities that i actually wonder if take even liked being in the band because like cause <laughs> well he's like, still he, in it so yeah i mean he's still there you know i mean they clearly get along they like and i yeah i suspect that you're right about the reason that so many of his songs are included is because of their friendship or whatever but there's something I don't know. If I was in a band that routinely didn't play the whole style of music I wanted to play, and every time they let me write a song, I wrote a completely different style of music from what we normally play, <laughs> that's like almost an indicator you should leave the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only kind of like issue I had, again, song's not bad by any means, mm-hmm. um, but I feel I feel like they're even mixed differently. Like the other, these are mixed yeah. like a punk where his voice is not drowned out by the music but it's it's a bit 
he kind of, I don't know, he, he is somewhat um, overwhelmed by like the hard rock guitar around him, the distortion, where Resnick, he is mixed louder. Like you hear yeah. like every word properly yeah. where this one, I mean, it is much more of a punk mixing. Like yeah. That. Well, I, I think the song yeah. is mixed appropriately for the style. Yeah. It's just that yeah, the style yeah. is so different from the yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean it's it, yeah, it's it's the comparison thing, right? Like you listen to it and you go like, "Okay, sure, I get it." And then we'll go to the next Resnick song. We'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm not going back to the other." Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to the next Resnick song. Yeah. Uh which is just titled even though there was no number one or number two, this is acoustic number three. <laughs> they painted up your secrets with the lies they told to you. And the least they ever gave you was the most you ever knew. And I wonder where these dreams go when the world gets in your way. What's the point in all this screaming? No one's listening anyway. Your voice is so, a couple of opinions about this song. One, I feel like it's it's really one. It's really short. It's yes. less than two minutes long. Uh, I feel like if he'd been able to add a little bit more to it, maybe an extra verse or add an extra chorus or something to it, it might have been a single-worthy song, like yeah. slow yeah. single. Like if Black Balloon wasn't on this album, I could have seen this one sort of taking that position. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's not long enough. This song for me, basically my note is, sounds good, acoustic style. Uh, but, then, <laughs> but then I also I also wrote... I don't know if they ever did like an MTV Unplugged, but this song makes me feel like they could pull it off well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I all th- the other songs could shift to acoustic, and, and I think I'd like it. So. And I, I think going back to that idea that different countries got bonus tracks, I think a couple of countries got an acoustic iris as a bonus track as well. Huh. Like it's definitely like a mode that they have. And yeah, like name, right, on Boy Named mm-hmm. Goo, like that's obviously uh, – very acoustic sounding. I, I like it. I think this is one of those very like authentic to their sound sort of songs. Um, I like that it's short, but you're probably right that it kept it from being a single. Did, I'm, I'm looking up right now. I wondered if they ever did, because I think this would have been past the time in which this was big. I wonder if they ever did an MTV Unplugged. I looked I don't at their discography. It doesn't seem like it. Okay, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I think this they, was past the point in which that was... I think early 90s is when that was in its heyday. I think mm-hmm. we all agree, though, that if they did do an MTV Unplugged, that it would have only been Resnick songs, right? Like, <laughs> like well, Yeah, because <laughs> you, you're going to play to what songs work the best acoustically. Yeah, I just... I, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine, like, a... A nice dulcet, like finger picking uh, version of "Am I Gone" or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But because I mean, you gotta you gotta think back to like the 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 most successful songs to come out of the MTV Unplugged sort of genre were ones that I think generally worked the best. Yeah. Uh, for it, um, and probably like, and you gotta be smart about it. Like, if you go if you go back to the Nirvana one. Half of the album isn't even Nirvana songs yeah. for their MTV Unplugged because, I mean, half the songs wouldn't work. I mean, honestly, 
if you've ever listened to someone play Smells Like Teen Spirit on acoustic guitar, it's just not the same. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which is the that was the whole that was the whole grunge thing, right? Is that you, yeah, you've got these like, you know, whatever you could afford to buy an amp, and the amp doesn't work properly, and then you're playing <laughs> in your garage, and the sounds bouncing around in a weird way, and yeah. Uh, all right, well, we're finally here. We're finally at the monster. Uh, let's talk about Iris. And all I could taste is this all I can breathe is your life And sooner or later it's over I just don't want to miss you tonight And I don't want the world to see me Cause I don't think that they'd understand When everything's made to be broken I just want you to know Is it just how overplayed it was, or or do do we actually not? I'm saying we. Do you actually not enjoy the song? Oh no, I I don't dislike the sure. song. It's the overplay. Sure, it's yeah. the I mean, yeah. it's shoved the down our throats. Holy crap! Yeah, it's almost like he did want the world to see him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's fun. I mean, this thing. Uh, when you look at the the chart, okay. So what happened with this song, which is kind of weird, it spent actually a record eighteen weeks at number one on the Hot 100 Airplay chart, but it wasn't allowed to be officially on the chart because it didn't have an, a, a commercial single that was released. So they didn't sell it as like a as a commercial single by just this. So um, it wasn't until literally in December, so just a l- less than a year uh, after you know it had been released, um, that they changed the rules to allow airplay only songs on the chart. Um, but as, so as a result, then, then with it still being played, it still hit number nine on the billboard hot 100, wow. but it would have been 18 weeks at number one, which you remember like that, uh, that old town road, old town road, which it, it broke the record, yeah. um, which was the record at the time was 16 weeks from Mariah Carey and boys to men, one of their songs, but the record should have been goo goo dolls, iris at 18 weeks but because they had that rule at that time um that that wasn't that wasn't the longest uh, at number one or most times at number one. Oh, crazy i mean this song was massive i mean it's it's not the sort of song that you would think of now when you think of like what is the song of the year what was the song we couldn't mm-hmm. get enough of like now, yeah, it'd be something like Old Town Road, or it would be like a T Swift jam, or it would be something like that, like with some kind of beat. It's usually a little hat or Gangnam Style or something. But Iris was <laughs> Iris was massive. You could not go yeah. into a store in the mall or listen to, listen to the radio or do basically anything with your life without hearing Iris. Yeah, I gotta say, having like starting to listen more to. Um, more popular music of of today um as i'm trying to kind of get back into what you know what the the voice of the world is is listening to things move too fast nowadays yeah. i mean you nothing stays on the charts as long as like say iris did at the right. time it's just a different time um you know i think i i i'll listen to these songs 
And I'm like, God, that seems like it was so long ago that this song was, uh, you know, on the charts. And then I'll go look at it, and I'm like, oh, it was only like six months ago. <laughs> yeah. It was only six months ago. But everything is moving so much faster now. Yeah. Trends are are flipping, you know, are turning over a lot faster. Everything feels like it was much longer ago, whereas then these things would go on for long amounts of time. Yeah, I think the interesting thing with this one, too, is, I, I mean, I, I haven't done the research, but I think colloquially I expected that I knew – what the Goo Goo Dolls fan base roughly looked like. And I think this mm-hmm. song opened it up to a lot more people. I bet you a lot of people bought this album that did not mm-hmm. before or after remain Goo Goo Doll fans, right? Yeah. Or probably bought the City of Angels soundtrack. Yes. Yes. Okay, here's here's a question that I've got. It Was this song written for City of Angels? Or did yes. City of Angels just say, we found a song that literally talks about heaven and love and stuff like that. We got to <laughs> use this. No, so um, so Rob Cavallo produced this song specifically for the City of Angels soundtrack. He also produced the song Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. Great song. For City of Angels. I yeah. love that song. Actually, that... That City of Angels soundtrack is kind of a banger, too. It's got, like, I Breathe <laughs> by Peter Gabriel on there. It's got Clapton on there. Like, it's a I remember, good soundtrack. It was a big selling. I I swear our sister had a copy of the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I'm certain she did. I mean, we, she definitely had a copy of, like, the VHS as well or something. Right. She uh, she was a huge fan. I mean, it took over, like, the, not the rom-com, but, but like, the romance kind of movies, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, you felt... Felt uh, I've still never seen it to this oh, day. Oh, what? But. It's an angel, John. Nick Cage is an angel, and then <laughs> I know what the premise because he is. loves a woman so much. Yeah. It's Meg Ryan. <laughs> Nick Cage yeah. has always been an angel to me, though. He's just, he's amazing. But uh, have you gone back and watched Face Off lately? No, but that, I, movie, I, that movie does not hold up. I, I refuse to believe that uh, because it's just so campy fun. <laughs> yeah. The movie, I mean, fuck. You see him like. Uh, Peach. Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. I was I love just that gonna, I was gonna go for the peach slide. I was I was waiting for my opening. Yeah. But <laughs> the scene the scene after that one is him basically yeah. sexually assaulting uh, a choir girl. Yes, oh. I know. <laughs> oh, I didn't remember that bit at all. Damn it. Oh yeah, he puts his hands like, you know, down her pants or like Like the, on her it's on her ass, basically. On her ass, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, I will say it. the funny part though is is uh, when the when the choir is singing he like he's wearing his priest outfit and he comes out and like starts headbanging to the yeah. music, <laughs> bam and then bang it's awesome. God, what okay, we need movie. to <clears throat> we need to move away. <laughs> we got into a Nick Cage tangent. Um, uh, the one thing I do want to mention this is another one uh, where he, uh, Johnny likes to use a really weird tuning. All of his strings except for the lowest one are all tuned to D. Oh, all and all the same note. Just all the same note, and then the uh, the lowest one is tuned to a B, so really low. And it gives us it gives his guitar a really cool chorus effect. Yeah, because you have a lot of repeating notes and stuff, and they're 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 all tuned together, but like the you know no two strings are ever really going to be perfectly in tune. Yeah. So when they're slightly off, you get that really cool kind of chorus effect with it. Interesting. So that's my and that's my we got technical. and we got that sweet sweet mandolin in there too. Yeah. <laughs> Tim so, Pierce earning his paycheck. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, though this song didn't, um, you know, top the Billboard Hot 100, it, like I said, it did top uh, the mainstream top 40 and the adult top 40. 
some other, some yeah, mainstream rock and other stuff. Um, and in the all-time charts, so the all-time charts for the U.S. mainstream top 40, it is number eight. And for the ad- adult top 40, it's number 19. So it like, wow. this just shows how huge it was because it's on the all-time, it's top 20 on all-time charts for a multiple, multiple different billboard things. That's yeah. awesome. It'll, n- it'll never go away. God damn it. It's just fucking ever. It's just stuck in your head. <laughs> yeah, when they when they wheel them out for like the Kennedy Center honors or whatever, they're going <laughs> to they're going to play Iris. Gonna... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be Bruno Mars singing Iris is what it's yeah, going to be. They... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our final Take X song called Extra Pale. I mean, yeah, it's it, it's in the same style as his other ones. I, I don't really have too much more to add to it because it's... We've already had the same conversation three other times. Just just now, I had the exact phenomenon that you guys were talking about earlier. I've been listening to this album all week to get ready for this. You said Extra Pale, and I went, I don't remember what this song is. And then the riff played, and I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, no, I know this one. But I... That one, I literally was listening to it probably at like 11.30 last night. Like, to the time of recording, it's like within 12 hours, I forgot the <laughs> song, which I yeah. think puts it at the bottom of the Tic um, uh, uh, song. Uh, song know, list, uh, yeah. Discography, if you call it that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, 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 it's fine. I think this one feels um, more generic than any of the other ones, right? Like, uh, that's a fair assessment. Uh, this I think. one and January Friend are on the lower end for me. Full Forever is a pretty solid song, and Am I Gone is a lot of fun and has a sort of different pace to it. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. one and January Friend feel like kind of the tweet of it now would be like, We taught an AI how to write a pop punk song. <laughs> like, All right, well, let's go ahead and, and head on to our final song on the album, which is. Unfortunately called Hate This Place. To me, it's an okay filler song. Yeah. I don't know if it's the best one to end on, but it was an okay filler song. I didn't I didn't find myself, like, you know, ready for the song to be over. You know, yeah. I mean, like, oh, God, how long is the song? It just kind of existed in the in the background as I was listening to it. Yeah, it. I think you're right, because I don't think I really buy albums that much anymore. Few exceptions. Right. Looking at you, folklore. Um, but like, I th- I feel like there used to be a lot more of a science to setting up your album. 
than there is mm-hmm. now because everyone's just buying singles or just listening, streaming or whatever, right? Like making playlists. But back yeah. then, it, you, there was like an actual science to like, you want to start strong and then we'll go into the stuff that won't make the radio and then we'll dip back. And there was a little bit of an arc to it. And I agree that this doesn't feel like it should be at the end of the album. This feels like it should be like where Full Forever is, like <laughs> track seven, something like that, right? Like they should have like an All Eyes on Me or they should have like a Broadway or something in this position. It feels mm-hmm. weird to end on this song because then it just, it's, yeah, it's not the best one. And even for a Resnick one, I'm like, eh. Yeah. 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 It's fine, but you're right. It's not Resnick's best by any means. Yeah. Um, decent. Oh, yeah, I agree with everything y'all just said. Well, let's go ahead and go into our final thoughts. Uh, I'll start, and then we'll have Adam go, and then Reed will let you have the uh, last word since you were the guest. Oh, thank you. Um, I actually rather enjoyed this album. I'd never listened to it all the way through. Obviously, I was much more familiar with just the singles, and I still found myself enjoying some of the other ones that weren't singles or ones that I had kind of forgotten were singles, you know, stuff like, like Dizzy, well, Dizzy's chorus. Um, <laughs> Everything goes back to Dizzy. <laughs> Everything goes back to Dizzy. You got to bring it back around somehow. Uh, and, and Broadway, like th- th- songs that I remembered, but wouldn't have ever thought of off the top of my head. I could have come up with slide or black balloon or obviously Iris or anything like that. Um, as far as Robbie's stuff, Actually, I didn't mind it. I think I would have preferred for him to have a solo album. And it could have been in in this style. Um and it would have been fine. I probably I don't I probably would have listened to it. I don't know if I would have bought the album. I might have bought well, a couple of the singles. I actually did enjoy Am I Gone pretty well that, you know, and Full Forever wasn't bad. The other ones were okay, fillers. But with the other songs and with Johnny's voice, it was just too much of a jarring dissonance for it to be a cohesive album in my head. It need it, it didn't have any kind of symmetry or not symmetry, like any sort of like central line that way. Um, and you know, I mean, if that was what the band was going for, that'd be fine. But it's just the fact that his songs sound so much different. You know, if if Robbie was writing songs in the same style, just with him singing. That have been one thing, but it's it's not. It's totally a completely different style, and to me, that's the only part of it that doesn't work. Even though I enjoyed the songs together as an album, it just wasn't as cohesive. Yeah, to me, this album was a tale of two cities. Uh, and though I wouldn't say it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. I would say it was very good times and some mediocre times. Um, and, and they weren't not that yeah, not that those songs were bad, but it was because they were placed near songs that were what I was expecting for a Google yeah. sound that they, they ended up dropping to like that mediocre uh, mentality for me, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the album. I enjoyed listening to it. I never would have gone back to this album if it wasn't for Reed. Uh, yeah. I've never, never, I mean, I don't know. Actually, there's no way I, I listened to this album in whole at all. Um, it was just the singles. Uh, and so I was legitimately surprised at how many of the singles that I recognized um, and were in this album. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with my time, and especially with Resnick. Um, even though he wears too much damn makeup, uh, I do think his stuff is good. And so props to you, Goo Goo Dolls, and props to you, Reed. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take credit for this. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I I agree with the points that have already been 
made. Uh, it, I think it's easy to look at uh, an artist like Johnny Resnick and just go like middle of the road, you know, you know, you know, make the record the the label wants to make. Like, I, mm-hmm. I no one's looking at him and going like, let's see what he comes up with. Like, he's not Bowie, or you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, and yet you put him on an album. With, like this, with this many singles, and then you also put them up against what the other potential sound of the band. And I mm-hmm. think you really appreciate what he's bringing to the table. I think this album, for me, I don't, I didn't recognize it at the time, but it made me really, really like Johnny Resnick. I love his voice. I think I like his general sensibility. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe some of the songs are a little innocuous, or you know, but that's fine too, right? Um, and I, th- I think, I think you really get an appreciation for for him that way. Uh, on the the take act stuff, like again, like 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 has been said, it's just the weird identity crisis thing. There are lots of bands with two leads that feel more cohesive, right? Like. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, bare naked ladies always switched between Stephen Page and Ed Robertson, and it was fine. Like you, you could still yeah. make distinctions between an Ed song and a Stephen song, but not like that, right? There's a part right. of me that almost wonders. The Goo Goo Dolls are too non-conceptual for this to work, but a part of me almost wonders if this album makes more sense if you put all the Johnny songs first, and then <laughs> and then you say like, and then you say like, and then this is like the the other thing we do, and you put all those songs mm. together. So even just from a listening perspective, you can get through like the what you expect, and then you go, let's see what else they've got. And there's a part of me that almost wonders if like that sort of almost like a concepty kind of structure to an album would have worked for it. But I, I love this album. This reminds me of my childhood. Uh, it's, this is pure nostalgia for me. It makes me wonder like what their early sounds was. I didn't mention this. This was actually their sixth studio album. Yeah. Which is not what I thought. I thought it was like their third. Wow. Yeah. I mean, their first album came out in 1987. Oh, geez, Louise. So yeah, the band's been together for a long time. Yeah. That's, God, I yeah, I I don't I actually did not realize that at all. That's the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so before we go, I I was I didn't do it because I thought it'd be too hammy. I was going to one of the one of the things that I really love uh, in in the Doctor DC podcast is is the end when uh, your producer Richard gives you hints to a superhero that you have to guess oh yeah 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 i was going to do something like that here and i decided it's not my place to do it so i'm not going to do it (laughs) you're gonna make me guess johnny resnick (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't sure i thought i I was gonna be i was i was thinking oh i'm gonna make you do it with marvel instead of dc oh god i thought no i'll make you do it with like a 90s band and i just said you know what i'm just i'm just not gonna do it um (laughs) i know i should have but uh Please, please, please tell the folks where they can find you guys on the interwebs. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I am the host of the Dr. DC podcast, which, like John mentioned, uh, is about DC Comics. It comes out every week. We answer listener questions about different topics and characters. It's a, it's a very uh, debaucherous, fun romp through comic books. 
Uh, and then uh, I have another uh, podcast with my co-host from Dr. DC. It's called Ghost Facers, a Supernatural Rewatch. And we are working our way through every single episode of CW Supernatural. Uh, oh, God. How at, long is that going to take you? At the, at the time <laughs> of recording, we are halfway through season two or about halfway through season two. I did the math and we'll be doing this until 2027. So... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> They'll be, wow. uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's a ton of fun. We talk about monster lore. We do behind the scenes stuff. We've had some great guests, cool interviews with people that worked on the show and stuff. So yeah, you can check those out wherever you get your podcasts. I just became a patron. Yes, you did, which is awesome. I don't know if you got set up on our uh, on our Discord yet, but it uh, it gets it gets pretty wild in there. It's a it's a very very fun <laughs> community of. Uh, of dedicated weirdos, uh, ourselves included. I'm a little iffy on Discord, but that's that's the old guy in me showing. Yeah. It, I I had to I had to be talked into it. So I I made someone else basically <laughs> set it up because I was like I don't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, and that was our review of the album "Dizzy Up the Girl" by the band The Goo Goo Dolls. Please join us next time as Adam and I take you to camp as we break down the 1987 film Ernest Goes to Camp, discuss the television show Hey Vern, It's Ernest, and cast our version of a Justice Society of America movie. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at BlastPassCast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.